Daf is Daf Chavav. We are up to Tanya, the last word on the second line. Very interesting sugya that we're dealing with, and that is Ha'osek B'mitzvah, Patum in a mitzvah. When a person is involved in a mitzvah, they are not obligated to perform a second mitzvah. Except we mentioned um, towards on Amad Beis that um, obviously, ideally, if a person has the ability to perform both, even if one is putter from performing the second mitzvah, you have the ability to perform uh, both, that would be the right thing to do. Here we go. Second line, Tani went through the says, a person who is writing svarim till and mezuzas, hein vitagreihem vitagreitagreihem v'cholaiskim b'melecha shamayim. They, their helpers, and those who they do business with, and anybody involved in melecha shamayim. Now we don't know what we're about to say about them, but before we say what we're about to say about them, the Gemara says, "La suyeh meichret chelus," which, by the way, includes those who sell the color needed, the color tchelas, needed for tzitzis. All these people in all these categories that are involved in stam, as we call them, right? Sfarim, tfilin, and mezuzah, samuchtaf, mem. All of these people are peturimi kriyashma. They are potter. They are not obligated to recite kriyashma. Uminat They are also not obligated to daven. Uminat tfilin, and pramtfilin, and mitzvah, some words, but and for all for all other mitzvahs that are that are written in the Torah. Now, what we say, if you notice the the expression over here, seems to be specific to mitzvahs asay, because it says you're putter from performing all these things. It doesn't mean you don't have to keep all the lice assays, right? You're not allowed to go ahead and transgress in avera just because you're in the middle of performing a mitzvah. But when you're in the middle of the performance of a mitzvah sase, a positive commandment, you're not obligated to perform other mitzvah sase. The Kayim Divri Rabbeisiyak Lili, which fulfills the statement of Rabbeisiyak Lili, Shai Rabbeisiyak Lili Yomer, Rabbeisiyak Lili would say, Ha'osek the mitzvah, Potter min ha-mitzvah. One who is involved in a mitzvah is Potter from performing a mitzvah. And I just want to make a fascinating point over here that, you know, the, the cipherim of Stam, those who would write the Svarim Tfilin and Mezuzahs. So what's interesting is it's a mitzvah to write Svarim Tfilin and Mezuzahs, even though it's not the fulfillment of it. The fulfillment obviously is the learning of the Svarim, the wearing of the Tfilin, the usage of the Mezuzahs. But it's interesting to note that the cipher himself, when writing it, is performing a mitzvah. And not only that, those helping the cipher, anybody along the what the, the industrial chain of getting this done, uh, you know, we'll call them uh, the the accomplice to accomplish a mitzvah are also called oseg the mitzvah, which is such a beautiful, beautiful idea and a message for us in life. The importance of not only the performance of mitzvah but doing whatever we can to take part in uh, helping somebody else perform a mitzvah and ensuring that mitzvahs take place. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry? Yeah. Yeah. If you could perform both, you should. If you can perform both, you should. But if, if you can't, right. okay. then you can't. Right? In a Hanami. In a Hanami. 
Now, now, if you could also daven mincha prior, prior, but absolutely, let's say a mitzvah comes up, you're expecting to daven with your normal minion. You know, you're going to daven, but, 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 you know, stuff happened. All right, Tanu Rabbonon. Here we go, the rabbis learn, so should we, those who travel during the day. Okay? Now, Rashi says, what do you mean somebody travels during the day? A person who's, who's involved in business. Now, what's interesting to note is that we're dealing with sukkahs, so why are you doing business on sukkahs? You're not allowed to do business on sukkahs, right? You're not allowed to work on Yom Tif. And even Cholomayad, you're not allowed to work. Or are you? So we're obviously dealing with somebody who, for whatever reason, is permitted to work on Cholomayad. So, Hochei Drachim Yom, one who's traveling during the day. Peturim min hasukkah b'yom. You do not need to eat in a sukkah during the day. V'chayavim b'layadah. But you're obligated to sit in a sukkah at night. Okay? Meaning, if you're not involved at that time, you, or you're not traveling at that time, you're obligated to use sukkah. Anybody who's traveling for a mitzvah, then you're obligated whether you're traveling or resting. What? This is very interesting halacha. Listen to this. And this halacha lemaisa. When a person's involved in a mitzvah on sukkah, even when they're not traveling for the mitzvah, let's say you're staying in a hotel, you're not obligated. But if a person's traveling stamazai, you would be obligated. I remember when I was in fifth grade, which is the first time I remember uh, traveling territory. I was a little spoiled brat when I was a kid because I'm the baby in the family and I had siblings. At one point, I had seven siblings living at once in Eretz Yisrael. And my parents would go every year to visit their kids. And since uh, I was the oldest grandchild, in quotes, right? I, uh, I was the Benzukunim. So whenever they went there to Israel, I had to go there to Israel. So uh, the, the first time I recall, I used to go every year, pretty much, you know, in, my, uh, in, in, in the younger years, you know. Um, the first time I remember was in fifth grade, and we, we went for second days of Sukkot. We went to spend uh, <clears throat> um, the second days in Israel. We had Tzumchas um, Ter, my brother-in-law's yeshiva, and Yaakov Friedman's yeshiva. And I believe, uh, yeah, it was in Harnof, I think. Um, and it was very strange because I'm 11 years old. I know about sukkahs. We're traveling on Cholomite. And my father's telling me I'm allowed to wash and eat on an airplane. Um, and I was like, but we don't have a sukkah. He said, it's okay. You're Holchei Drachim. You're traveling to Eretz Yisrael. And uh, if there's no sukkah available, you're putta from sukkah. You're allowed to wash. Um, I don't recall him eating. Uh, but he, he had no problem with, with, uh, with me eating. All right. So that's, uh, that's the Allah. Here we go. Here we go. Says the Gemara Viter. Kiha, uh, you have something to say? Yeah. Uncle Shimshi Pinkus was traveling on a plane and he didn't, he was not married, not eat anything out of the sukkah. So he didn't eat the whole trip from Eretz Israel to America. And when he got here, he didn't eat because he had to get to a sukkah and he was so famished from fasting, he had charot that he said he was inspiring himself on Kolomite and he was not eating on the airplane. That was one thing. What do you mean? Based on the way we teach this Gemara, that even if you're not traveling, but you're for bar mitzvah, you're putter from sukkah. So Moshe Rabbeinu was on his way to 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 speak to Paro, see if we have Hashem, and he stopped off in a hotel to sleep. Since he stopped off, Hakadosh Baruch had a tain on him that he hadn't mauled his kid, but he was putter from Mila because he was going to Mitzrayim. 
Okay, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna learn very good. We're gonna learn. All right, breaking up a bit. I don't know if he's breaking up for everybody else or it's my or it's my connection. Is it my connection? No, he's breaking up. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, you, you broke up in the middle. I think your Shiloh was, what's the difference by Maish Rabbeinu? That's touching on a different aspect where a Vaisik Mitzvah and a Mitzvah, which there may be enough Kamina when one thing is a Mitzvah Sha'avar and one's not. When one's a Mitzvah that's not going to last, other one is, that might make enough Kamina as well. You still have to prioritize. If you have two Mitzvahs in front of you, you're not going to be able to do one. You should perform the one that's not going to be there later sooner than you're going to perform the one that is there later. All right, When they would go on a Shabbos Yom Tif to the Reish Kalusa to learn Torah, they would sleep on the banks of the Sura River Amri. They said, We're on a way to learn Torah, and we are Potter from Sukkah, period. Tanra, one of the rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbis. Those who watch the city by day are put from sukkah by day. But they are obligated um, to eat and sleep in a sukkah at night. Okay? Lost the place, I'm sorry. People who protect the city by day and night. Those who protect the, the ganas, the gardens, and the orchards of the town. Bain Belilah. So this is a big chiddush. Because what are you doing? Are you doing a mitzvah here? Or are you trying to just protect your finances over here? Right? Yeah, what are they doing? They're human scarecrows. They're making sure nothing comes and damages the gardens. We say you're not obligated in sukkah. Says Gemara, what sort of excuse is that? Build a sukkah wherever you are and sit there. What excuse do you have to, to uh, not perform sukkah? You could do both. Has no shaykhs if you could... Do both. So Rabbi uh, um, uh, says the Gemara. Says Teshu means your sukkah only has to be like your home. In the same way, you would not build a home out where you are. So too, you do not need to build a sukkah out where you are. Very interesting. Rav Amar Rav says Pirza Kaira Laganif that it's a problem if you do build a sukkah because it would ruin the whole scarecrow effect. Because now nothing's going to be scared away. They see a little hut. Yankala, Yankala, the orchard watcher, is sleeping inside the hut, and everybody else could, could walk outside. Shkoyach, right? It's like the city of Chelm. Yeah, you, you make a protection so that, so that the watcher can't watch. Nobody can watch the watcher. And Mamela defeats the whole purpose of his job. Says Gemara Mabinayu, what's the difference between the answer of Teshvukin to Duru and Pirtzakar Laganov? Ikabinayu, the Kamantar Karya de Peri. If he has, every, if if the sukkah is not going to get in the way of watching what he needs to protect, so if the sukkah is not going to get in the way, he could build a big window. Or the the example that the Gemara is giving is that all the fruits are right in front of you. So then you'd still be obligated to make a sukkah. However, if you hold like Abaye that Teshu came to Duru, so Memanavshach, since it's the same way you wouldn't go put your house out there. So uh, in that situation, Baharaya, uh, he doesn't put a house there the other 11, month, uh, 11 months and three weeks of the year. So too, the week of Pesach, he's not obligated to put out a sukkah, period. End of that Gemara. Okay. Then the Mishnah said, People who are sick 
and those who are helping those who are sick are not obligated in eating and sleeping in the sukkah. This chayla, who we're talking about, does not need to be in danger. Somebody who is not feeling well. Somebody's not feeling well. Okay? His eye is hurting him. He has a headache. I, my eye was hurting me and I was in Kasaria. They hit the Rebbeisi Beribi Lishon Ani and Mesham Sheichutz L'Sukkah. And Rebbeisi Beribi, Beribi means the sharp one, allowed me to sleep out. And those who were who I needed to help, uh, those I need to help me, he allowed us all to sleep outside of the Sukkah. Rav Shara le Rav Acha Bardula. Rav allowed Rav Acha Bardula le Migna Bekilta to. Uh, 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 migna means to sleep. Bekilta is the kilas chasanan that we learned about previously. These that fancy schmancy canopy bed. So he would sleep bekilta under a canopy besuka, in a sukkah mishum baki. Baki are little uh, little bugs like mosquitoes that were flying all over his sukkah, and therefore they allowed him to put up a canopy. Now the mafarshim here explain Rashi starts them off, uh, or we always start with Rashi. So for us, Rashi is starting it off. And Rashi says, I remember not every canopy is a problem in the first place. So what do you mean they allowed him? Anything that has a slope without a roof is not a separation. So Rashi points out that the kilo that he had had a gag. It had a tefach. And the chiddush over here is, you see that he's potter from sukkah because there was this separation. Rabba letamei. And Rava, who allowed Rav Achabar Yaakov to, uh, I'm sorry, Rava Shara, Rava Shara, the Rav Adel Migna Bar Mimetalalasa Mishum Sircha Digar Gishta, because of uh, because the, the, there was smelliness, the floor started to smell, and Rava Lutamei, and Rava is consistent with his own reasoning. The Amar Rava, Rava says, Mitzdair Potter Minasuka. When the Sukkah itself, going back to yesterday's daf, not when urine tsar. Your potter from sukkah. That's not the halacha. The halacha is when the sukkah is what's being mitzta'er. Right? Otherwise, anytime somebody's in tzar, a guy suffers from anxiety, you're not obligated in sukkah? No. It's when the sukkah is causing the tzar that you're called a mitzta'er, you're potter from sukkah. So, Rabbi Tamei, Dhamma Rabbi, mitzta'er, when a person is, is getting pained by the sukkah, potter. He's, he's not going to be obligated. But on Tanan. Says Gemara, I believe learned in Mishnah, Chayli Mishnah, Shem Peturim in Asukah, Chayli in. It seems only if you're sick, Mitzdar light. But just if somebody's upset about something, he has tsar, but he's not sick. It seems to imply you're not out. You're, you're still obligated to sit in the Sukkah. Amri, they said Chayli who umeshamshaf Peturim. The difference between a Chayli and a Mitzdar is that by a Chayli, even the helpers do not need to be in the Sukkah. Mitzdar, but when somebody is in tsar, who potter umeshamshaf light. He's potter, but those who are needed to help him are not potter. Period, end of that discussion of the Mishnah. Viter in the Gemara. The is, a person is allowed to eat a snack outside of a sukkah. Okay? 
you're allowed to eat a temporary type of food outside the sukkah. How much is considered a snack? The size of two or three eggs. Okay? The size of two or three eggs. Um, big discussion amongst the, the uh, Mepharshim, um, where usually there's a Gemara type of question. Is it two or three? Make up your mind. Right? The Gemara is not going to ask that. Um, the Mepharshim uh, discuss this, um, uh, uh, you know, different approaches uh, to keep it simple. We'll just say that one, uh, one can be lechatchila, one could be b'diyavet, which means Rabbi Yosef himself has a preference about that, you, you know, if you do, you should kind of limit it to two, ideally. But really, you can stretch it up to three. Okay. Amalei Abayi, Abayi, the beloved student of Rabbi Yosef, says to him, but... Uh, some, but uh, it, we find many times a person uh, is, is full with eating that amount and therefore it should be a set meal a permanent meal it's the amount that a barbe rav, the yeshiva guy is going to take for breakfast before he runs out to the morning shear period okay fine Says the Gemara Vaiter. Tonu Rabbanam. The rabbis learned, and so shall we. Now Rashi says, by the way, a, uh, um, it's Meloy Lugmas. Okay? The, the amount that a person you know, uh, chugs down before, as they're running out, it's usually they, they, they scoop a mouthful and then they go out. Okay. Tonu Rabbanam. Even though you're allowed, to, you're allowed to eat a snack, you're not allowed to take a temporary shluf outside the sukkah. My time, why not? a temporary shluf. A temporary shluf starts out for a minute, and you end up an hour and a half later. Where was I? Abai says, you know, you have no control. You have control over how much you eat. It's very hard to control how much you sleep. Abai says, a person is allowed to nap. With his tefillin on, you can't take a deep nap. You can't sleep. We'll call it a half hour. Uh, he says the Gemara, why are you allowed to take a, a short nap? We should have the same concern. Maybe he's going to fall asleep for a longer period of time. He made a shimer. He made somebody to watch him. Okay? And therefore, you are... Um, uh, therefore, you're allowed to take a temporary nap. Why? Because you know the shimer is going to wake you up, and it's not going to turn into an hour and a half. Well, the person who you appoint, what about? Uh, maybe he's going to take a nap and fall. Maybe he's going to fall asleep. So says the Gemara. Now, what's going to be the obvious question? I want everybody to ask me. No, what's the obvious question on this question? Huh? First of all, in the Dover's life. Secondly, the guy who I appoint as my shimer, is he taking a nap? Not necessarily. When you're taking a nap. Okay, so you're not, you can't wake yourself up. But I appoint, I, I appoint you to say, hey, you know, uh, tell her to wake up and wake, uh, you know, please wake. Uh, I say, can you please wake me up in two minutes? Say, sure. I what? Maybe you're going to take a deep sleep. You're not sleeping. There's a big, this question's a problem. 
This question is a problem. <laughs> the Gemara is, it's interesting, but the Gemara is following through with this. The Gemara is accepting this question for some reason. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a chiddush that we're not saying this, but the Gemara says, Arvech, Arvach, Arvach, Sarech. Your Arev, your, you know, your guarantor, your Shoimer also might uh, have a deep sleep. Okay? We're dealing with somebody who's purposely sleeping in an uncomfortable position. Literally, he puts his head between his knees. He's sleeping in an uncomfortable position, and therefore, that's why he's allowed to rest, because we know there's no way he's going to sleep for a long amount of time. Rava Omar, Rava says, no. Let me explain something. Let me explain something about sleep. Ain keva lashina. By a meal, you can have a snack, and you can have a set meal. When it comes to sleep, what does sleep do? What does sleep do? Sleep invigorates. Sleep gives kayach. You ever heard of a power nap? Sometimes a five, ten minute nap can be just as effective as a two hour nap. And therefore, says Rava, the reason why, he, it's a whole new approach, but he says the reason why that you're not allowed to take a temporary shluf outside the sukkah is because a temporary shluf, even if it's five minutes, can still function as a shinas kava. Fascinating. Okay. So therefore, so therefore and, it can be a half an hour sleep? Yeah, and exactly. Therefore, a five-minute sleep could be considered a half-hour sleep, and you're not allowed to sleep outside the sukkah, so you can't even take a short nap outside the sukkah. As opposed to food, as opposed to food, where, the, where food is fuel for the body, so depending on how much you eat, how much, it depends on how much nutrition you get. If you have a limited amount of nutrition, that's a snack. More nutrition, that's permanent. But by, but by sleep, even a short nap could be called a permanent sleep. Okay. Tani chada, wantana tadas. A shinasarai, a temporary sluf to doze off. With a tefillin avalai shinas keva, not a permanent sleep. Whether it is keva or arai, the halacha is you're allowed to keep your tefillin on. Vitanya idoch and another another brisa taught us. Good job, Isaac. And another brisa taught us. Bein keva, bein arai. Whether it's keva, whether it's arai, it's okay. Vitanya idoch, another tana taught us. You can't do either one. You can't do any of them. Okay? Not a shinas keva, nor a shinas arai. So we have a contradiction between, uh, between these brises. Like, one's talking about where you're holding it, it's filling in your hand. That's where uh, the brisa which says it's going to, um, it's, uh, you're not allowed to even doze off. Because what happens? And you're holding something. You ever, right, we've all had this. You're holding something, you get tired. Your head starts to droop, and whatever is in your hand falls down. If you're holding your tefillin in your hand, you're not even allowed to take a nap because your tefillin could fall out. You can't control it. And when you're allowed to take a short nap, that's when it's on, you're, you're wearing it. Okay? You can take a short nap, but not a long nap because a person might come to have a dirty body. And where do we say that you're allowed to even take a full-fledged shluf with your tefillin it's talking about where you're keeping your tefillin on the side of you. You're not wearing it, not holding it in your hand, 
you're lying down, you have your tefillin right next to you, covered. Akol b'seder. All right. Zoch the Gemara Viter. One second. How do you define a nap? When does a nap change to a shluk? Yeah. Sometimes you hear people say, I love kids. Love kids. Yeah. At what point do you stop loving them? How old? You only love kids? Okay. So an adult, no. Okay, so you love kids till when? Five? Three? Seventeen? Yeah. At what point is a kid not a kid? That you stop loving them. Yeah? So the Kamashinas are right. How much is a nap? Tony Rami Bar Yechesko, the amount of time it takes to walk a hundred amas. Okay? The amount of time it takes to walk a hundred amas. And um, we'll, we'll say, what are we calling it? 150 feet, 200 feet. All right? However much time it takes to walk that amount is uh, more than that is no longer a nap. Tanin a person sleeps with a tefillin, or a person sees keri, he has a seminal emission, what should a person do? A person has, sleeps with his tefillin on, um, and then what happens with his tefillin, so he's sleeping and he can't control this, and uh, now there's keri on his body, so what should he do? He should hold on to the strap of the tefillin, and he should not hold the what we, we call the bottom. We're now on the top of the base. He should not hold the bottom. Okay? Rashi says, Hain tefillin atma, the tefillin itself. Divi Rabbi Yaakov. Chomer Mnukom say, Yoshin Adam tefillin shina sarai, avaloi shina skeba, vakama shina sarai, kedehiluch meya ama. The only time it takes to walk a hundred amas. Amarab, also, listen to this. Don't get scared though. Listen to this. It's usher for a person to sleep during the day. Yaitzer mishinas asos. Longer than a horse sleeps. Mikam mishinas asos. How long does a horse sleep? Shisen nishmi. Sixty breaths. Omar Abaye. Abaye says. Shinsei demar kiderav. Shinsei demar. My Rebbe, which Rashi says, um, Rav. Okay. Shinsei Demar Kid Rav. I'm sorry. Rashi says, um, My Rebbe, Rabbi Bar Nachmeni, slept like Rav. There's the, the third wide line in the Rashi. He learned out from Rav how much you're allowed to sleep. Okay. Udarav Kid Rebbe. And Rav would sleep during the day the amount of time that Rebbe HaKadosh slept during the day. The Rebbe kid David. Rebbe slept as long as David. But David kid the Susia. And David slept as long as a horse naps. The Susia and a horse, Shisen Nishmi, sleeps with 60 breaths. Okay? So they all, uh, they all made sure to never sleep longer than that amount, uh, longer than that amount during the day. Now let me ask you a question. Why can't you sleep during the day? What's the problem? So if you look at the third line of Rashi, Lishem Bayim, Bipnei Bittol Tire. All right? Bittol Tire. Back then they had electricity, 
And back then they had no electricity. So when could they learn Torah? When could they read? During the day. What are you wasting your time for? You, get, you, you have plenty of time to sleep at night. Why do you want to sleep during the day? Spit the Torah. Okay? Um, Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky, and his Kaivet Halachas, Paskins, you know, there's a minug not to sleep on Rosh Hashanah. So first of all, you, you know, you're familiar with this, right? So you don't have a shluffy year. People don't nap on Rosh Hashanah. Um, so first of all, he writes, just an interesting thing, is that the Iker Minog is not to sleep before Chatzais. Not to sleep before Chatzais, and to not sleep before you fulfilled your mitzvahs of the day. So if you already davened and you heard Shaifer and ate your Suda, that's not the minute of not sleeping on Rosh Hashanah. You're allowed to sleep on Rosh Hashanah. That's the first thing he says. Secondly, he says, the whole Indian of not sleeping on Rosh Hashanah is to be able to spend your time appropriately, wisely, and to learn Torah. If a person's too tired to learn Torah anyway, it's not going to be Bittal Torah to sleep, because anyway you're too tired to learn, you might as well go to sleep, even with the minute, he says. Right? So that's uh, an interesting zach. But that's his idea here. Why should he sleep during the day? Bittal Torah. Because a person could be doing better, uh, more productive things. If it's not more productive, then it's permitted to sleep. Sometimes the sleep helps me be more productive. I can't, uh, I can't learn Torah later if I don't take my midday nap, right? So then it would be allowed. Abaye would take a nap during the day, the amount of time it takes to get from Pumpadisa to Beikuvi. And Rebbe called about him. Yeah, <laughs> Rav Yosef was Abaye's Rebbe. Yes, he was allowed to give him Musr. And he says, you know, uh, how long is the lazy one going to lie down? When are you going to get up from your sleep? He wasn't too happy that his, uh, his Talmud, the great Abaye, uh, slept longer than 60 breaths. Okay. The rabbis learned, and that's why the rabbis. A person who goes to sleep during the day. Rashi says he's wearing his tefillin. And Rashi says something else interesting. Um, your intent is to sleep and not to have intercourse, not to have marital relations during the day. Okay? That's not your intent which is a fascinating discussion because there are those, and I don't want to, I'm going to have to leave it as a half conversation just for the matter of time, but there are those who say that there's a halacha that is forbidden to have relations during the daytime. It's not true. It's not, that, 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 that is not objectively true. Okay? It's, it's certainly not the ideal time. And if a person does that, you know, during the day there's halachas that one needs to follow. But it's important to know this and to recognize that even Rashi is dealing with somebody who it's obviously not going to be an Avera if, if he does have Dover Acher uh, in mind without his tefillin. If he does have the relations in mind without his tefillin because there are ways where it's mutter to do it during the day. Okay. So, Hanichos Lishem B'yayim Ratza Chaylitz If he wants, he can take it off. Rotz maniach, or he can leave it on. Balayla, but at night, chaylitz vina maniach. You got to take off your tefillin. Zibir Reb Nosson, this is the opinion of Reb Nosson holds that if you're taking a short nap during the day, you do not need to take off your tefillin, as long as your intent is not to have 
relations, you don't need to take off your film. At night, obligated. Basically, says, uh, Yeladim are younger people. They always need to take it off. Because they don't even know. Their body is not, uh, is not used to, you know, having the, it's not used to um, a limited amount of emissions. It can have, it's producing more for this young man. And therefore, you're obligated to take off your tefillin because even if you don't, uh, even if it's not your intent, you very well may have an emission whether you know it or not. Le- says the Gemara, Lema, Kasavar Reb Yaisi, Balkari Arslan Yachtilin. It seems from his statement that a Balkari is not allowed to wear tefillin. No, we're dealing with people with their wives. Shemi Abayli Dei Hergulgam. Okay? That, uh, that it's not like a, a regular natural emission that he's concerned about. He's just concerned that if a person goes and takes a nap in the afternoon and his wife is with him, so then, so then you're putting yourself into a tough spot in, uh, halachically as far as your tefillin is concerned and that's when you're obligated to take it off. However, if a person takes a nap during the day without... Uh, without the wife around, so then you don't have to take off your tefillin. Tan Rabbanon, rabbis learn, so should we. Shokach v'shimish b'dosu b'tefillin. The person forgot. Fascinating. Fascinating. He forgot. Back then, they wore tefillin the whole day. It was just something they wore, right? So it's like somebody else is wearing a shirt. Now, halacha, a person has to have das on their tefillin the whole time. Unfortunately, this guy was just wearing tefillin out of rote. So he had his tefillin on, and nobody chapped. He didn't chapped. His wife didn't chapped. Nobody chapped. Because it was just normal that people wore this. You got to wash your hands three times to remove the tumma first. Because the body's uh, the body moves around, the, the hands move around and touch uh, uh, different parts of the body, and therefore the hands would need to be clean before the handling of any part of the tefillin. Um, of any part of the, the bottom and the ritzua. Period. End of that explanation of the Mishnah. All right, next Mishnah. Here we go. Story. And uh, this is going to be a short Mishnah and Gemara. There's a, another Mishnah on the top of, of the next daf. So we'll try to get all the way there. Here we go. One time they brought Rabbi to eat a tavshil. Call it a soup. And uh, Rabbi Gamliel, they gave him two dates and a deli, a pail of water. So again, Rabbi Yechemezakai has soup. Rabbi Gamliel has two dates and a pail of water. The Yambur, they said, how long the sukkah? They said, ah, you brought me soup up to the sukkah. And Rabbi Gamliel said, ah, you brought me dates and water up to the sukkah. Okay, bring it up. We can't eat it here. They gave water for Rabbi Tzadik. He said, ah, I'll eat it, but less than a kibetza. Now, and what did he do? He took it with a mapa. He took it with a cloth. Okay? Because since he was not, it's a fascinating uh, opinion that Rashi says, but according to Rav Tzaddik, if a person is not going to eat the, requ- the, the requisite amount for birchas hamazan of bread, you don't need to wash either. The interesting opinion of Rav Tzaddik. Okay. Uh, and he also did not make a bracha achrayna because we know Shitas Rabbi Yehuda, Rashi explains Shitas Rabbi Yehuda. 
is, we had this in brachas as well, that you only say a brachas hamazon if you ate the size of a kibetza. If you don't eat the size of a kibetza, there's no such thing as, uh, uh, there's no obligation of brachas hamazon. Says the Gemara, first of all, Mysalistar, this story needs a lot of help. Okay? This story needs a lot of help. Why? What's the bread? Huh? Excellent. Excellent. Well, you're talking about in the, in the, in the laws of sukkah. Rav Tzaddik what? Rav Tzaddik was given bread. Okay. All right. Yeah, but the bread was less than the kibetzah. All right, so he didn't wash. Okay. But, but the first ones, you're right. There's no bread. So, so what are they saying? Oh, we can't touch it till we go to a sukkah. What, what was the whole Amun? What did we just say? The last Mishnah. Yeah. Shaykhis, you bring me two dates, I got to go to a sukkah. You bring me a pail of water, I got to go to a sukkah. What are you talking about? Soup? There's no chi of sukkah. Maisa lista. What's going on? What, what's going on in this story, right? There's so, a message where they would not get anything out of a sukkah for those who... Oh, so let's see. Says the Gemara, beautiful. Mamish, what Rabbi saying. Sorry, Maxir Vachidan. And Bala Hachmir al he says this Mishnah, a continuation of last Mishnah. Last Mishnah, we said if it's a snack, do not eat in the sukkah. You don't have to eat in the sukkah. If it's a keva, you do need to eat in the sukkah. But says this Mishnah, and Bala Hachmir al if a person wants to be Machmir, Machmir, you're not a fool. You're not a fool. You're a, you're, 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 it's not a shtus. A person who wants to be Machmir and say, I am only eating anything inside the sukkah, even a snack. I'm not going to eat outside the sukkah. Machmer. No, you could be machmer, but last famous from you are a, you don't look like an arrogant religious fanatic. Umay tsunami. And there's a story also. So that's what this mission is adding in. Previously, we said don't eat in the sukkah. Okay, don't eat the sukkah. Why are you being so religious? Letting us know that no, this, is a, this is a situation where to be machmir, it could be a gitazach. It's a good thing. Last piece of Gemara. Let's focus on Reb Tzaddik eating less than the size of a kibetzah. How kibetzah buy a sukkah? But it seems if it's kibetzah, you need a sukkah. Because they said that even the shear of a kibetzah does not need to be in a sukkah. I would have thought that. You only, you only don't need to wash, but you have to make a bracha samazah, but um, it's letting us know that either way, the, um, when, when, it, when it is a kibetza, you would have to wash and make a bracha achrayna. Okay? So the Gemara's kasha was, that it seems that Rabbi Yosef and Abai are wrong, because they say that a, that a kibetza does not need to be in a sukkah, and this mission seems to, seems to tell us that a kibetzah, the story of Rav Tzaddik, a kibetzah does need to be in a sukkah. Says the Gemara, no, no, no. The reason why we're talking about a kibetzah is nothing to do with sukkah. Really, the Chiddush of the Mishnah is that when you eat less than a kibetzah, you don't need to wash and bench. And it's letting us know that when it comes to a kibetzah, you do need to wash and bench. It's not focusing on the Hilchah sukkah. It's focusing on Hilchah Seuda. And we will hold it here for today. Bezrem, pick up tomorrow evening at 6.45. Have a wonderful, wonderful night.